0: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: What is going on everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and 10 Podcast brought to you by Blocking the Boys. Powered by SB Nation, as always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis here to talk all things Dallas Cowboys football. And and we got a good one to talk about this week uh, with the Cowboys winning 49 to 17. And honestly, Aiden, the, the score isn't really indicative of how much of a beatdown this was. Before we really get into it, Aiden, how are you doing, my friend?
0: I am doing amazing, but I think we both expected, maybe not to this extent, but I think both of us expected this to happen. I will say still amazing to see it happen on the field.
1: Absolutely. I just said to one of my buddies in a text, I said, uh, you know, he 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 made a reference to the fact that, okay, well, we did it against a, a poor team. And I'm like, well, that's fine. I mean, because there's been years and times where that wasn't a given, right? Like we've played against yeah. teams that um we would lose or play tight with that we shouldn't have and you know what this is this is what it's supposed to look like when you're a vastly superior team so I don't think he meant it negatively but he you know that's I think just that's in a fan's nature sometimes to diminish it no what they did today was a damn good job and you got to commend them for it
0: yeah I actually think this is in my opinion the most impressive win the Cowboys sorry not the most impressive win the most impressive Beatdown. Like if you look at the giant, the the first Giants game, the Jets game, the Patriots game, um, to a lesser extent the Rams game, those were beatdowns. But a lot of that came with a lot of defensive luck, a lot of special teams luck, like s- random scores like that that just completely swing the game. This was the Cowboys saying no. Tommy DeVito, you're not going to gain a single inch on us, and we are going to score at will with Dak Prescott. We're not even going to bother running the football. We are going to pass on you because everything is going to work for us today. It was complete and utter domination to the point to the extent that I don't think we've seen it something like this before.
1: Absolutely. Let's set the table real quick. Like I said, the Cowboys win 49 to 17. They beat the New York Giants to go six and three on the season. The Giants fall to two and eight. Let's look at some of the the big stat leaders and we can kind of assess and get our initial thoughts here. But Dak Prescott only played three quarters, went 26 of 35, 404 yards, four touchdowns in the air, one in the ground. Brandon cooks with a absolute welcome to Dallas moment. We've been waiting for this nine receptions, 173 yards and a touchdown. And I love what they did with CD lamb there. They made sure that he got the record, which was three straight games of 10 receptions and over 150 yards. He finished with 11 catches, 151 and a touchdown. Those are the three stars of the game, at least on offense. But I feel like in a game like this, you can really give it to a bunch of guys. And I don't know where your thoughts are at, but that's kind of where my head is at.
0: Yeah. Just to, if, Zooming out a little bit, looking at the big picture, the discrepancy of stats is absolutely absurd. To put it in perspective, the Cowboys put up, as you saw, probably saw in the graphic, 640 total yards today, which is outstanding, only allowing the Giants to gain 172 yards. That is capped off by the Cowboys' 472 passing yards compared to the Giants' 61 passing Mm. yards. DeVito (laughs) finished the game with, like, This, I I would assume Dak Prescott at some point today had a drive where he threw for 61 passing yards. Dak Prescott did more on one drive than DeVito did the entire game.
1: And you know what's funny is you felt like it was like a tit for tat, right? Where because Dallas was kind of with Cooper Rush putting the foot on the gas a little Mm -hmm. bit at the end, and New York was like, all right, we're going to use all three of our timeouts, we're going to score here against Nishan Wright. And (laughs) you know what I mean? So, and yeah, but. And it felt like most of their work came in in garbage time, which is all they had in the situation. I know some Cowboys fans, um, you know, the first drive where they skunked out at the one and then, you know, they you know, they don't come up with their deck throws interception. And, you know, there's some things here that people were like, oh, man, this is going to be the same old Cowboys. I think this was the closest that I felt that like, okay, this may not be the same old Cowboys, right? They could still lose to the Eagles. They could still lose to Arizona in a weird wonky game. looks like Josh Dobbs might actually be the real deal low key. um But then, you know, you lose, you get beat down by the 49ers. But we, had, I mentioned at the beginning in the first minute or so, this is a game that we've seen them lose in the past when they've had no business losing or made it tighter. But today the Cowboys took Tommy DeVito and you know his that whole story and they and they took care of business and and they did an impressive fashion
0: yeah at least Tommy DeVito is going to have the comfort of his parents tonight because he is definitely going to need it <laughs> I in terms of how I feel like about the Cowboys team as a whole after this I don't know if this necessarily moved the needle for me I mean both of us knew Dak Prescott's the guy he is still the guy he is probably in the middle of I'd say his best season I think this is Coming close to topping yeah. the 2016 rookie, rookie season. And so, like, it, it I, obviously this game increased my confidence in the team a little bit. Gave me more confidence in Dak Prescott. But those two things were already kind of high, even given the loss last week. So, I, I don't know if this necessarily moved the needle for me. But, I mean, I am not going to complain about a 32-point blowout.
1: Absolutely. Let's elaborate on that because I feel like that's a good topic. Right. Like, does this game move the needle? Probably not. Right. Because this is was I didn't expect it to this degree. But I thought the Cowboys will handle this. I, I'm not the type of person to count the wins before they happen. But I felt pretty good about this one coming into it. And I think a lot of Cowboys fans did, too. Um, but like it doesn't move the needle. But as I've kind of touched on over the last minute or so. Does seeing them handle business in this fashion when they're supposed to, everybody expects them to, do you give them credit for that?
0: Oh, absolutely. Give them credit for it. I mean, here's the thing. We've been talking about um, the fact that the Cowboys have an easy upcoming schedule. The Eagles have more of a difficult upcoming schedule. And if the Cowboys like there's a world where the, when the Cowboys Eagles face off that it, it could be for the division, given the, hope that the eagles drop games but that is that also rests on the assumption that the cowboys win these games and like it's the nfl anything can happen on a week so like this it i'm not gonna winning in the nfl is not easy the cowboys did it in a very impressive fashion today so i'm gonna i'm completely gonna give them kudos for that i just think we've seen the blowouts before at this point, the only thing that's going to move the needle for me is going to be winning against a difficult opponent, which we're not going to get to see until the next uh, upcoming Eagles matchup, given the fact that the Seahawks, they kind of look hapless right now.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. I think you got there is something to be said about handling business and doing what you're supposed to do, but I think we've learned that this team is capable of that, right? That If that's a box that you needed to see checked, that's been checked. They, they can handle inferior opponents. Like Dak has played in like, maybe three fourth quarters all season which is insane to think about like he's just they've been able to beat up on bad teams it's can they take that next leap right i mean are they in the same realm as the 49ers we saw that they are in the same realm as the eagles they just need the ball to bounce one or two ways to win that game but what the next progression in my mind is to be able to get over the hump and win those games it's it's one thing to you know, have first and goal at the six, but it's another that closed those out. So I don't think we learned anything further from this game, but you're right. You got to win the games that you're supposed to win. It's not easy to win the NFL. So you take absolutely nothing away from what they did, because like you said, there's teams and situations where teams just don't get it done sometimes. And the Cowboys just aren't one of those right now.
0: Yeah, I think I'm like in my mind, I'm just comparing it to like if the Cowboys were to play the Eagles next week, would I be more or less confident after today that we'd win? And I I don't know if I we've seen these blowouts before. I don't know if I'd necessarily be more confident in the Cowboys win, even if we blow out the Panthers, we blow out the commanders like there's is gonna be amazing to see. And I really hope that they do and accumulate those wins. I just don't like I don't know if anything can happen between now and the next Eagles game that I'm like, OK, yeah. Now I'm confident, just given the schedule, which is not a bad thing.
1: Absolutely. Now, w- when this team played so well on offense, played so well on defense, outside of the obvious, right? We just talked about das- Dak Prescott and some of the numbers, the C.D. Lamb and stuff. Give me one thing or one person that stood out to you, like what caught your eye that, may- that maybe isn't in the main topic? Because I got one. And I think, you know, where I'm going with it.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'll let you have your moment. The may, I, I think one thing that's probably not going to be discussed this week, given how many Cowboys showed up today, I mean, what, they had six touchdown scores, Jalen Brooks really impressed. He looked like he can be a real contributor on this team like that. It was a very basic screen pass from Cooper Rush at the end of the game, and it was kind of a nothing play, but Brooks caught the ball and it looked like he was shot out of a cannon the way he just one step make a defender miss like this. I was very impressed with Jalen Brooks today, and I know. There are a lot of people on the Bogging the Boys network who believe in Jalen Brooks. I'm ready. I I'd be fine to see him get more snaps over the next few weeks and see if we can't add another weapon or arsenal before the real tough the real uh uh opponents show up.
1: Absolutely. I think Jalen, you know, Jalen Brooks, you're right. I Chris Holland, a friend of the, you know, yep. friend of the show, friend of the network. He's on the network there. Um, but he he went to school with Jalen Brooks. So he's always been telling us about like Jalen Brooks, Jalen Brooks, and like when when he played well, I'm like, I gotta give him credit. Like he He's a guy that I wanted to see it, but you could kind of tell in training camp and, and preseason that he was a guy that was going to be able to factor at some point. Was it going to be this year? I didn't know, but it's good to see that he's able to step up and make plays because I don't know if you feel the same way I do. I watch football nonstop so when i yeah. but when I watch games, I'm like, why does? x y and z's team fourth wide receiver fifth wide receiver seem to be productive right like why why is it only Ceedee lamb in dallas that really gets going and it's a tough day to have this conversation because Ceedee lamb had the day he did and ferguson had a touchdown but you know you see a guy like jalen guyton from the Chargers score a touchdown or noah rim. brown
0: put up 180 yeah. yards today yeah
1: noah brown has like been hooping two weeks in a row now for houston yeah. so and i think that's more indicative of who C- cj stroud is because he's the real deal but but I always said, like, why can't we get our lesser known wide receivers to eat? Maybe this is the start of it. You know, this is the dam that breaks for Cooks. And Jalen Brooks maybe be maybe is something they found. And I think we've seen Kevante Turpin do some good things. And that, you know, his injury brought an opportunity for Brooks.
0: Yeah, I mean, outside of. I mean, Jalen Tolbert had one catch, to my knowledge. I don't know if he added a second one in garbage time. I, to my knowledge, he only had one catch two, two catches.
1: He had two receptions, two yards, so nothing okay. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, I mean, that kind of goes my point. I was going to say, outside of Jalen Tolbert, every single weapon the Cowboys had ate today at various points. Like, it was everybody got involved, which, for if you want to have a great offense, get all your weapons involved. I don't care if you're playing the Giants. I don't care if you're playing the Chiefs. Get your weapons involved. It's going to help. The more you spread it out, the more effective the offense is going to be, and I loved seeing it today.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you had talked about it and you teed me up with it. And I'm going to talk about Rico Dotto. Right. I think Rico Dotto is a guy who I've been banging the drum for for feels like two years at this point. Um, he's a. it's not just a, a good story. I think the kid can really play. And I think today was like the first like eye opening appearance for him. Right. I think we had seen the opportunity or like the belief that he had this in him. And I think a lot of people have been calling for him to get the ball a little bit more, but he finishes the day with 12 carries 79 rushing yards and one touchdown with an average of 6.6 yards a carry. (laughs) I mean, compared to Tony Pollard, 15 carries 55 yards, 3.7 yards a carry. It looks like he's got a little more juice and Tony Pollard's supposed to be the juice man.
0: Yeah. I want to have this conversation of, once again, have the Cowboys found themselves in a situation where their backup running back is better than the starter? It might sound blasphemous, but we both agree that Tony Pollard has looked a little bit off this year. It didn't really look any better against the Giants, who can be beat on the ground. Tony, is are gonna doubt all the better running back in Dallas? <laughs> it's,
1: so, I, it, it's funny. I laugh because I was telling my wife, I'm like, every year, it's like if someone loves the backup in every situation, but like in this scenario, it's it's tough to argue with what Rico has brought. And I think part of it is the workload where he's not getting nearly the amount of touches. So his legs are fresher. And I've already said to you, and I said it on the round table, like he runs like a guy who's appreciative of the football, right? Like every time he touches it, he wants to to let you know, like I'm going to run through somebody's face. I'm going to be able to hit the, you know, hit and, and break a tackler too. But I think there's a real question mark or not a real question mark. I think there's a real, real chance here for them to have to feed him, give him the football more. I think they've made it that they have to, right? Like, I think at this point it'd be neglect not to, to up his touches. I mean, he got 12 in a blowout, but like, I want to see eight to 12 in a normal world, right? Where, you know, it's 15 to 10, or is it 18 to 12? Like whatever that just, just, you know, distribution is, I want to see it be upped. I think he earned it, and I think a lot of people would probably agree with me.
0: Yeah, I completely agree with you. I do think, like, to Tony Pollard's credit, two factors that are going against Pollard going for Rico is, number one, when Tony Pollard's in the game, defenses are much more keen to the run as opposed to when Rico Dattle steps into the game. I think they, defenses tend to drop back a little bit expecting the pass. I don't have any data on that. I don't know if that's true, but also, Tony Pollard. I still think he's the running back that I trust to turn nothing into something more so than Rico Dowdle. Like if the play completely breaks, Tony Pollard's always going to find that little hole, always sneak out like one to two yards ish. But if like if you're talking about a perfectly blocked play and you just need like one to two yards, especially like that first series on the goal line, I would have given it to Rico Dowdle four four times instead of messing around with pass and Pollard runs. I don't. I don't know.
1: I, I think I think he's earned that. I think he is a bruiser. I think his play style it lends to that, but he's also got the the burst. I think I think he's got a little bit of that issue that people had about Tony Pollard early in the career where they're like, oh, he's so quick, he's so shifty, like you can't run him between the tackles. And now Tony Pollard is that guy, and people feel that way about Rico that, like, oh, He's probably not the biggest dude, and he probably isn't your bruiser, but I think he has the capability, he has the size, and he's showing to have the tenacity. So I think um, we don't have to you know, beat it to death, but I think there is a real precedent to get him the football more moving forward.
0: I agree. You start in the important games, too. And yeah. actually,
1: you know, I want, I want to sing the praises. On the same side of the offense side of the ball, he's been getting crushed all year. But I feel like this was a really good, you know, moment for Michael Gallup. You know, he ended up finishing yep. with, what did he finish with? uh What is it? It's, sorry. Two receptions <laughs> for 70 yards. Like that's a <laughs> oh. bonkers stat line, right? The bonkers stat line. So he ended up with a 41 yard <laughs> touchdown. And then he made a, 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 a Moss like type reception that you're like, okay, this is old school, Michael Gallup. And I feel like, yes, his, his usage need to be tapered. Right. Like no doubt about it. He hadn't made the most of his opportunities, but. I think if they used him properly, used him sparingly, he still has a little bit of what we had hoped in him left over. He just doesn't have to be a focal point, And I think he showed that today.
0: He has the skill set exactly what the Cowboys need if he puts it together. It's that 50-50 ball like Cooks, CD's, yep. uh CD obviously, I mean, he's just a monster all around, so he's he can do the 50-50 ball, but that's not a specialty. Brandon Cooks surprisingly great at it given his size, but once again, not his specialty. We need a 50-50 ball receiver and if Michael Gallup can put it together, especially when you start talking about stuff like red zone issues, I'd love it if Michael Gallup could emerge as like a, yeah, just throw it up to the guy. He's going to catch 90% of it because he's just bigger and he has better hands. We haven't seen that so far this season. I'd love it if he he kept progressing and got to the point where come playoff time, you're like, yeah, that's a 50-50 ball receiver and he's amazing at it. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving. We do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I totally agree. I think um, he's going to be useful. They're going to need him right at some point with Brandon Cooks and C.D. Lamb and some of these guys like Michael Gallup going to be called upon at some point. You want to keep his spirits up. You want to keep him engaged and and. You know, you pick and choose your spots. He doesn't have to be the guy who commands 10 targets a game. But if he can make the most out of four or five, I think he can be a value of this team in that third, you know, fourth wide receiver type option role. And I think I think Dak was kind of resting on his comfortability. He's been with Gallup for a while. So there's a familiarity. They've worked together. There's I think until he got really comfortable with Cooks, Gallup was kind of the CD's taken. Okay, let me boom. Let me go back to thirteen. And I, I think it's changing a little bit here. He trusts Cook. The cooks. They've been together for two and a half months at this point. Uh, but all, all in all, it's a good thing to see him make plays, have two receptions, seventy yards. I think that's a good, good total right there for Gallup moving forward.
0: Also, again, uh, just to give like an honorable mention, a guy that likely won't be talked about a lot this week, but did have a great game, and I'd love to see his snaps up. Sam Williams is coming on over the last few weeks, yes. and I. Th- at this, he finished with a sack, I believe. Dorrance Armstrong did. did, but yeah, I know Sam did. Dorrance Armstrong mm-hmm. did as well, right? Or did he just he... have a tackle for loss? No,
1: he did. There was five yeah. sacks from five different people.
0: Yeah, I, despite the fact that Armstrong finished with the sack, I do think Sam Williams is defensive in three on this team. dude so how, how do we I mean, feel about that? No, I don't game?
1: think it's. I don't think it's absurd, and I think a lot of people within the the fan base and within the organization had hoped that would be the case. Right. I think whenever you hear a trade, isn't Dorrance Armstrong is one of the first names you hear getting (laughs) thrown around. It's like Gallup and Dorrance Armstrong, but no Sam Williams, he's doing a lot of impressive things. He's making the most of his opportunities. And I think, you know, barring keeping his head on straight and not making stupid decisions. He has a, he has a big time future in Dallas.
0: Yeah. i have loved what I've seen out of Sam Williams. I think he's coming onto his own. Apparently, per his social media, he hit 23 and a half miles per hour. Crazy. I don't <laughs> how, do, how do we feel about that? The defense uh, has been hitting 23 and a half. Do we
1: do we kind of I I believe it? I mean, one, the numbers are there, right? So that's team given numbers, but he's a gunner too on punt, which yeah, is insane. That's, that's like insanity. So he's obviously got speed. It just I don't know. It's not in a game so you take it with a grain of salt, but I'm glad you brought him up because I want to transition to the other side of the ball and kind of talk about some thoughts. Um we had talked about and that kind of blew your mind last week about who like who led the team in tackles last week and it was Deron Bland. And
0: yeah. guess
1: what? He did it again. Right? Not only did he have an interception, he is tied with Demont Clark <laughs> for four tackles. Him and Demont Clark both had four piece, three solo apiece. Um De'Ron Bland, man, can you not say enough good things? I mean, can you think about how different this Cowboys team and defense would be if he didn't step up after that Diggs injury? Like, it's a totally different defense if there wasn't that solidified Bland to come in and step up, be who he's been.
0: I mean, we yeah, we both agreed. Like, okay, Stephon Gilmore, we'll see how he does at cornerback one. Like, we weren't super confident in it. We, I think we were both a little bit hesitant, a little bit worried that – an older veteran like Gilmore was going to have to come in and be the cornerback one well good thing for the Cowboys is that's not the case because Gilmore is not the cornerback one it is absolutely Deron Bland who has been on fire lately deserves like when it comes time for end of the season credits pro bowl all pro like I'm probably not defensive player of the year but like accolades like that we got we got to throw Deron Bland's name in there because this guy is having a heck of a season and I really 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 just want to see him on the field with Trayvon Diggs now
1: would you believe me if I'm looking over this, I'm looking at every defensive stat. Now it doesn't account for pressures or anything like that. Micah Parsons is nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. He, on the he stat had list.
0: a he had a quiet game. It doesn't I mean it surprised me a little bit given the fact that I assumed he would have something, but yeah, Micah, I'm looking at the same thing you are.
1: Michael Gallup has a tackle and and Micah Parsons didn't. So
0: <laughs> that was a weird cause. Everybody was eating on the defense. You've said five sacks and five different players. Yeah. I kind of expected this to be the game that Micah, get, like, just tease off and is like, all right, let me add to my potential defense player of the year resume. And that wasn't the case. I was very surprised. He also was being used a, a decent amount of linebacker today, which yeah, I they've been that. doing more lately. Yeah. Yep. So. Also,
1: odd. I I, re- I noticed that um, they have Rashad Evans playing a lot more defense. Like before this point, I don't think he took a defensive snap, but he was right in the mix with, um, you know, with uh, Marquise Bell and Demont and Clark. So I think they like what they got there. He's out of elevations on the practice squad, so I think he's going to have to be on the 53-man roster. They're going to have to make a move somewhere to get him on there. But I think I think they like what they see, and I think this is his first real chance, and I think he's going to be in the mix moving forward.
0: I mean, I thought he looked good today. I nothing I like, super outstanding, yeah. but he looked solid. And same for Demon Clark. Same for um, Izzy. So I'm. It was weird. What? Did, how? How much do you make about that? Once again, it wasn't the first drive of the second half. It was technically the second drive of the second half for the Giants. But just like once again, it was the did the defense forget how to play? What happens? <laughs> I do not understand this at all.
1: Well, when they give up the touchdown drive, and it was like east? Yeah, just yeah.
0: yeah. It was like. Out of nowhere, the defense just forgets how to play football. And I think, I honestly baffling. think,
1: I said this before, but I, I think they get comfortable and then they're like, oh, okay, and then you realize like, oh, the other team is like going hard. So I think it's sometimes they're kind of like, they feel themselves a little bit, right? And I think that's human nature. I don't love it, but I think it's human nature a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they're going to sit here and, you know, we're recording this right after the game ended and so I don't have the benefit of the quotes, but I bet you that somebody will allude to the fact that they'll be upset that they give up 17 points, right? Like I yeah. think it I think that'll be a fun, you know, tongue and cheek comment because the 17 is not really indicative of how the game went. We already said that, but I think somebody will allude to the fact that, "Ah, we give up 70, 17 points, that's unacceptable."
0: Yeah, and <laughs> The fact that the Cowboys continued, like, went for it on fourth down and continued to air it out with Cooper Rush, give me that. Like, I love that. Just I do, too. I I, Greg Make them stop you. Yes.
1: Greg Olson was alluding to, like, ah, one is enough is enough. And it's like, enough's when we say it's enough. You know what I mean? Like, that's, it's Cooper Rush. They got young guys. Like, I've never really subscribed to that thought of, like, let's take it easy. Like, because there's a lot that can be learned about jalen brooks there's a lot to yep. be learned about deuce fawn you know you need schoolmaker to get more reps you want these tight um these offensive linemen that are coming in to get more work so i don't want to just you know run into a brick wall three times and punt like that serves my team no purpose so when you're when you're up like this force the team to beat you like i want cooper rush calling checks and i want him doing play action bombs you know what i mean so i want to see that and um i i think if you got a problem with it you got to stop it like you said
0: yeah, that's the point. Like, if you're not going to stop it, we will keep scoring on you. And I love the aggression from McCarthy. McCarthy's has a swagger to him this year that I'm really enjoy- enjoying.
1: Absolutely. And we had talked about the offense, the defense, some specific things. But I've been waiting for this conversation because I think it needs to happen. Um, And I think it deserved its own segment. And I haven't prepped you at all about this. But we got to talk about C.D. Lamb. I okay. think C.D. Lamb is a bona fide superstar. I told my wife, like, he's a quiet guy. He's not like an outlandish personality. He's not like in-your-face. We've seen some diva wide receivers like Ocho Cinco, Terrell Owens, some of these big guys. He's not like that, but he's going to get put in the superstar category where he is talked about in the upper echelon with everybody, and he deserves all of it. Three straight games of 10 receptions, 150 yards. I didn't really tee up with the question, but I want you to kind of just talk to me how you feel about C.D. Lamb and his ascend to superstardom.
0: No, C.D. Lamb is an absolute, like he's a tier one wide receiver in the NFL along the lights of like, probably not as good, but like Tyreek Hill, AJ Brown, I, the Jamar Chases of the world, the Justin Jefferson, like that tier, like that re- where it's like, it doesn't matter if you know it's coming. I'm still going to make a one-handed catch on you while you're, committing a pass interference penalty like it's just the the best play from this game it was a funny it was more funny than like told me anything about this team but when Dak was he was under pressure and scrambling and just like off his back foot, just chucked it up in the air. CeeDee Lamb comes back 10 yards for it to make the catch. It's like that play shouldn't be completed, but it's just CeeDee Lamb saying, yeah, I'm a good wide receiver. Dak, just throw me up the ball. I'm going to catch it and I'm going to get you yards. CeeDee Lamb is in the middle of a historic run, literally historic. He just set a record for most 10 reception, 150 yard games in a row. He's first in college love- history. Yeah, I love what McCarthy is doing post by with CD, and I really hope this continues.
1: And they talk about it a lot on the telecast. It's something we knew. You cover the team and you're around the team enough. You knew that like he quietly, after the 49ers game, went up to them and, and said, like, hey, how can I get more involved? Like, I'm not trying to be a diva. I'm not trying to you know, make it about me. But I think he understands his talent. And I think the Cowboys, for their own lack of goodness, were like, Got too cute at times, right? Like, you know, you yep. have a star. Get him the football, right? I think some guys demand that type of force the ball to him production. And he's one of those guys. I, I That's why I laughed. There's, um, you know, all right, Richard Sherman said he wasn't a wide receiver one like a month ago. And I think that's like one of the funniest comments ever because he said it and it has no impact on him. But it like came at the worst time because all of a sudden he started playing like a star, like a superstar. So it's just like egg on your face a little bit. And I know we got takes and everybody's got a bad one. And I think he's going to have to just take that one on the chin because that was a bad take. But C. D. Lamb, the combination of him and Dak Prescott, that connection is one of those things that's going to go on for years. And I, and it's it's really exciting. The Cowboys have another superstar, number 88 in the fold. And it, you've got nothing but good things to say about C. D. Lamb right now.
0: Yeah. And it's not just like, oh, it's cool that CeeDee Lamb's putting up like huge yardage, like good for him. It's making the entire team better. If you look at CeeDee Lamb's rise, like over the last three games, isn't it weird that it perfectly correlates like the three games where Dax looks like a superstar and the Cowboys offense just looks like it's completely humming? That is not a coincidence. It is. CD Lamb makes this entire offense better. And if you target him, it doesn't matter if the defense knows it's coming. He's going to get his and he's going to keep the chains moving. This is it's impressive to watch.
1: It absolutely is. And so we had talked about CD Lamb, but I want to give the proper time to spend and talk about Dak Prescott. Right. I think over the last week, there's been a campaign, whether it's real or not, whether it really has merit. But a lot of people are saying, wait a minute. Dak Prescott deserves to be in this MVP conversation. A performance like this 404 passing yards in three quarters, five total touchdowns, thirty-eight rating he ended up with, like played absolutely lights out. And I think if he has another, if he keeps, if he goes through the stretch here where they're supposed to win these football games, like the next two are winnable football games. If he wins those next two games and comes into Philly, Philly comes into us eight to three. And they find a way to win that game in their nine and three against after the Eagles in that stretch. Like, that's going to be a narrative that's going to be unavoidable. And I think he's going to earn it. He should be in that conversation. Nobody. I mean, there may be who might be playing better football than him. I think it's a real conversation to be had if there is anyone.
0: No, you can't. That I mean, maybe I'm just going to get on my soapbox about the Dak Prescott MVP campaign, but. You can't point to me, unless you start including non-quarterbacks, which is, we know the MVP is a quarterback award, so let's throw out every other player that doesn't play quarterback. Let's only look at quarterbacks. No player has played consistently better and Greg Olson said it during the broadcast today, which is, I'm sure that was a tough pill to Greg Olson, for Greg Olson to swallow because he does not like complimenting the Cowboys. Dak Prescott looks like the most consistently good player in the NFL. Just to put it in context, John Machoda, Tweeted this after the game today, but Dak Prescott's last four games, he has thrown a he has attempted 140 passes. Those 140 passive passes in the last four games have gone for 101 completions. 1,354 yards, 12 touchdowns, two interceptions, two interceptions and a 125.1 passer rating on top of the 19 rushes for 90 yards and two touchdowns. Dak Prescott's on an absolute tear right now. And no quarterback has has played better football over the last four games than Dakota Prescott.
1: I a hundred percent agree. And I'm so glad you said, it. I'm going to cut that up for you because it's perfectly said. Um, And I will say like, the only thing that you look at with Dak Prescott is, is can you get rid of that little errant interception or that little tough throw that you don't need to make? Because as far as I'm concerned, he's playing about 99% flawless. And there's just that one thing where you're like, I wish it wasn't that, but Dak Prescott, I mean, we have been some of the, the most vocal people when it comes to defending this guy, because as analytical guys, as number guys, it's hard to ignore, right? Like if if you're a if you're a I trust the tape, I trust my eye guy, you should still like Dak Prescott. But if you look at the analytics, EPA, CPOE, like things of that nature, he is unconscious. Like at times, Dak Prescott, what he's doing is just like unheard of type stuff. And then and then you'll say, like, well, you know, the deters will be like, Why why aren't they winning? Why can't they beat the 49ers or the Eagles? And then you understand that. You know, football sometimes is a snowball effect, right? Things go out of hands. Things go out of control. There's 53 guys on a team. The other team is good. There's so many factors that go into it. But no matter what you have seen throughout his career, this guy has never had a losing season in his career. But if you have Dak Prescott on the football field and you got him through your team on the season, you're always going to have a chance to be successful. That's just factual fact information, period, the end.
0: And you mentioned the one to two errant thrones that that he makes i'd argue that every quarterback in the nfl even including the best of them make those Aaron thrones to put that in perspective let's talk let's talk about the current mvp candidates josh allen nine interceptions on the year patrick mahomes eight interceptions on the year jalen hurts eight interceptions on the year tua seven interceptions on the year then scroll down Dak prescott five interceptions on the year coming into today so i guess it's six Six now now. but less than every other guy outside, like maybe Lamar Jackson, maybe that's the argument you can make. Yeah. But you, yeah.
1: I mean, but they just lost too. So I think it's one exactly. of those things where like, if, if he's not in the conversation, you're lying to yourself. Like, I'm sorry. You don't have to love him. You don't have to pick him. Doesn't really matter if you're avoiding him in the conversation, it comes with bias. And and I'm and we sound biased, but we're talking factual like any number. I brought it up. Um, Brandon Laurie, you know, a guy that, you know, works for Blogging the Boys. He put up like the numbers of Aaron Rodgers in 2021 when he won the MVP Dak Prescott is as good or better than in four out of the six categories like rating, um, completion percentage, all of these things that that he used as a metric to say, hey, this is an MVP type season. Dak Prescott is on par with Aaron Rodgers in majority of them. Like this is a conversation that is going to get nutty. Right. Like, it's going to be crazy on both sides of it. People are going to detract. This as like, absolutely not. Then there's going to be other people who are going to say you have to do it. And it's going to get absurd. But me and you are going to sit right in the middle with sanity, with our mind and our facts and know that Dak Prescott belongs in this conversation. And that's where it should be. We don't have to have the hot takes. We don't have to have the crazy analogies or the, the crazy conversation about it. Just simply put, this guy belongs in the conversation.
0: And me and you deserve our victory lap because we spent the entire off season telling yeah. people that Dak Prescott's not the reason that the Cowboys keep falling short. He is an elite quarterback and he deserves to be treated as such, despite the 15 interceptions last year, which neither of us were concerned about. Yeah. So like w- we get our victory lap when Dak Prescott's <laughs> looking like an MVP candidate.
1: I love it. You know, my thing is I'm not a victory lap guy. I like when other people give it to me, right? Like I, like <laughs> I don't want to take it. I want somebody to take the lap for me, but no, you're absolutely right. Like, but I just stand on the side of truth, whether it's Dak Prescott or or any debate, I want to be on the right side of history. And the in the side of history I wasn't gonna be on was gonna sit here and pretend that Dak Prescott is not like what he is. And what he is is a yeah. quality, high-level quarterback. And eventually, you know, the law of averages say, right, like, oh, Dak, he loses this game. He loses that game. He can't get over the big one. Like the law of averages tell you, if you get enough cracks at the cracks at the thing, like you're going to end up breaking through. And I think that's what I feel about the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, as long as he's under center.
0: Yeah, I, we are completely on the same page. And. Yeah. Please let that crack through me this year.
1: <laughs> that would be that'd be nice. Honestly, that would be great. Um, But kind of before we wrap up here and kind of put a bow on this, anything that we didn't talk about, anything you want to touch on the last couple minutes here?
0: I don't think so. Do we give everybody? Oh, game balls. Do we do game balls? Yeah, let's, we get, let's <laughs> get a
1: quick game ball. We didn't give a game ball. But uh, who do you got in mind?
0: Um, I mean, man, it's really tough because I normally like you know what? Brandon cooks. He deserves the game ball this week. He does. I, finally showing up.
1: He de- He deserves like a door to kick in. You know, he's finally yeah. here. He deserves a game ball. He deserves it all. Um, and my game ball, it's got to be the you know, Dakota rain, you know, Prescott. Because, you know, I, I can't. I got to take the low hanging fruit. got to give the guy the credit. What what a game. What a what a um, what a performance. And you know what? Dallas Cowboys went and handled business, man. That's what it's about right there. And you know what? You got to do it again next week. I think, uh, I think RJ tweeted it out that 11 point favorites going into the week against Carolina. Um, that's a, that's a pretty bad football team as well. (laughs) You got to go out there. You got to find a way you get a seventh win.
0: This is a bad football team, but this is also like the Cardinals to me. Like if we're going to drop a stupid one, it's, I don't think we're, I'm not predicting us to lose to the Panthers, but if we're going to drop a stupid one, it's going to be to a random team like the Panthers in (laughs) Carolina.
1: I will say, so I, I'm not, I've seen that thrown around a little bit. I'm not in the same camp. I think we're going to handle Carolina pretty.
0: pretty oh, hand- I do too. I wasn't right. predicting it. Sure.
1: Yeah. Sure. I will say Thanksgiving is going to be tougher than most people are probably giving it credit for.
0: Against I think the commanders.
1: Wa- the commanders on Thanksgiving nationals kind of thing, rivalry there. Sam Howell's a gritty kid. I think that they have some, they have some playmakers there. Uh, there's enough hatred there that I think it'll be tighter than it should be. Um, but ultimately, I think they'll win the game. But I just think I think Thanksgiving is going to be a little tighter than we want to believe right now.
0: I I mean, we know the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, of course, is going to be tighter than we wanted yeah. to believe.
1: I can't I can't enjoy it. I'm going to have to have Tums. You know, I'm going to have to <laughs> choke down my turkey with stress. But no, I digress. Let's enjoy this one. The Cowboys got their sixth win in 49 to 17 fashion, moved to six and three. With the date, Carolina Panthers coming up next. That is all from the First and Ten podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, we'll catch you guys next week, and hopefully, we'll be dissecting a seventh win on the season. Go Cowboys!